Comedy is just a funny way of being serious. Peter Ustinov. The reason I start off with that quote today is because we're going to be talking about comedy and what it means, how comedy in, works in literature, and how Shakespeare implements that in the comedy of airs. And I think it's great to discuss this because of the fact that I need a little bit of <laughs> goofing off and a little bit of discussion of lighter things, I think, because last few weeks have been a bit crazy with everything going on, and I think that the topics of my weekly newsletters, which you should be checking out if you're not, you know, just go to conversationforgeneration.com slash newsletter to get that each week in your inbox. But if you're not reading those kind of weekly notes that I send out with some of the top discussions each week, I think it's been a little dark and a little drab, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> just because of the news and what's been going on in our culture. But I wanted to step away and just look at it from the 10,000 foot view and see a little bit of humor in our world today because there is always the ability to laugh and uh, Chesterton says you know the angels can fly because they take themselves lightly and I think that there's a bit of laughter and joy in that as well that's kind of his point that he's making in that areas or that area of the book is that joy and this levity of life is good and humor is good and the people who sort of dismiss humor and comedy are losing out on something. And so I think this is a great story to review from Shakespeare because it's a really fun one. And it's just, just, it really is when it says a comedy of errors is the name of it. It really is just a bunch of little mishaps and goofy things that happen and the mistaken identities. And it's a bunch of things that I don't think at the time were tropes, but now when you watch a romantic comedy, when you watch funny movies and things like that, <clears throat> you are going to see this story play out a lot, I think. At least parts of it, here and there. And, it, I mean, if you look at, what's the movie with Lindsay Lohan, but they did it before, oh, The Parent Trap, right? It's not the exact same plot, but a similar one um, of, you know, twins who get separated and the goofy things that happen because of it. Lots of those kinds of tropes of people not remembering things because they're impersonating someone else that they're identical to, all that stuff funny stuff. We enjoy it still today, but they enjoyed it, you know, 500 years ago when Shakespeare was writing it. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the types of comedy, uh, how comedy is used, comedy and literature, what that means. But before I dive into too much of that, I just want to remind you that if you go to conversationforgeneration.com slash subscribe, you can subscribe for $5 a month, support the work I'm doing. I really appreciate that. That is the best way for me to continue to build this into something more and to be able to do this full time. I'd love to find a way to give you more content, daily podcasts, you know, more YouTube videos, more of that stuff, more articles and books and eBooks and things like that. And so if you subscribe for $5 a month, first of all, you'll get access to books that come out in the future, uh, eBooks that may come out, other premium content that comes out like my course right now on the golden mean and other courses to come out in the future. And you get access to the discord community. You get access, you'll get my book that I currently have out shipped to you and just all that stuff. Plus potentially other future perks and benefits that I come up with as I go along. But for members and subscribers of the conversation for our generation community that I'm trying to build here, I really just want to make sure to 
be able to deliver that $5 a month worth of value. So if you think that you're getting that kind of value out of what I'm doing, please go over to conversationforgeneration.com slash subscribe and subscribe there for just five bucks a month. It really helps me out and helps support the work I do. But if you want to support for free in a really easy way, you can follow me on Twitter at Conovargen. Go to facebook.com slash conversationforgeneration. Follow me there. Like and share the posts. Get more people to follow me. Those things are great. Or if you really want to give it a little extra time, or, you know, 10 seconds, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, just subscribe, leave a rating and review, leave a comment, hit the like button. Those sorts of things really help amplify this in the algorithms and get my show reaching more people or sending it on to someone who might enjoy this. That really helps as well. And so let's dive in now. So the types of comedy, I did a little bit of looking into this to see what people offer. I, so there's a lot of genres of comedy, but the types, this person broke them down into four main types, affiliative, aggressive, self-enhancing, and self-defeating. And I like it. So affiliative, he, and I'm trying to find here who he, um, it's a psychologist, a Psychology Today article. His name is Ronald E. Reggio. And he says, like, you know, affiliative humor is the jokes about things that everyone might find funny, you know, you're kind of Jerry Seinfeld sort of thing almost, you know, hey, airline food, right? <laughs> that, that kind of thing is what I think of with the affiliative humor. But aggressive humor, put downs is what he, the word he uses. But you know what I mean? It, we find funny is joking about people, joking about things that maybe are mean a little bit, but in humor can be funny. Self-enhancing would be uh, kind of able to laugh at yourself, you know, making a joke when something bad happens to you, uh, whereas self-defeating would be kind of putting yourself down. It, so like self-enhancing is like being able to roll with the punches and be like, oh, you trip and fall. That's funny. Oh, well, self-defeating would be more of the, I don't know, I don't think it's as funny, but the kind of stuff that Pete Davidson does a lot of times, where it's just like, oh, I'm so terrible, ha ha ha, you know, what was me, but in a funny way, and I don't actually find that as funny, but I think that the major genres are, one of my favorites would be slapstick humor, you have kind of incongruity, I think that, I guess incongruity is not as much of a genre as a tactic in humor, but satire, parody, obviously you have stand-up comedy so it comes in a lot of different forms but what do these forms all have in common well the way we talk about comedy today is really humor it's finding weird things about the world and <laughs> exposing that and appreciating that in a way that makes us laugh and i find it hard to put a pin exactly on it but i do think that it's something that has to be true or relatable. And I think I, I mentioned that incongruity is sort of a tactic. Like it has to be, you know, it's, I hear Andrew Clavin talk about it as humor is when laughing at something because it's not the way it should be. And we recognize that. And sometimes that's tragic, but sometimes that can be funny and humorous, right? When you see, the king walking out dignified in his nice robes and he slips on a banana peel and looks silly. Well, it's funny because he's supposed to be dignified and very imposing. And here he is tripping on, you know, slipping on a banana peel. And so there's that sort of 
incongruity or unexpected end to a joke, right? Like a punchline, something that's unexpected or catches you by surprise, but it does so in a way that doesn't scare you. It doesn't shock you, but it makes you laugh. It excites that part of you. And so it's really hard to pin down an exact definition for comedy. And I really don't know if you can, but I do think that those are some of the elements of comedy that you kind of have this incongruity, that you have the unexpectedness, that there is, you know, a little bit of wit and truth to it as well. And I think that there has to be a common experience in it too, because things that, there's things that everyone finds funny because they're very human. There are things that some cultures find funny because they're cultural, right? I wouldn't get some British humor or something because I may not understand a pun or, right, that's another one where <laughs> that's another type of humor. But I may not understand a pun because I don't understand that a lorry or the boot is another word for a trunk of a car. And so you could make a play on words there that here in America you may not understand or vice versa. And so those sorts of things I think are different uh, and, and a little bit cultural. But there are things that are universal as well. And so, like I said, today we talk about comedy as if it's humor, but comedy and literature has also often been much more of a, I guess, originally it was not, it used a lot of humor and it used a lot of wit and all those things and puns and all that stuff, but comedy and literature was a genre of literature, right? You had tragedies where it has a bad ending and you had comedies where it had a happy ending. One of the biggest challenges facing our culture today is the porn problem. And that's why I'm proud to be working with Covenant Eyes to help nip this problem in the bud. So if you struggle with porn or if you want to protect your family from this issue, Covenant Eyes can help. Covenant Eyes is an accountability software that helps you create good habits when you're using your computer or other devices that are connected to the internet. And so you can have this plan for yourself, for your whole family, and using my promo code of CONVO when you go there, C-O-N-V-O, you will get your first 30 days free. So head on over to CovenantEyes.com and use the promo code CONVO, C-O-N-V-O, to get your first 30 days free. That way you can start living a porn-free life for you and for your family. Now back to the conversation, basically, is how they separated that out. And so you could have humor, right? Things that we would consider funny in tragedies. They had, in Macbeth, they had lots of humor. But if you look at the way that Romeo and Juliet goes, it starts out and it looks a lot like a comedy throughout the play until the end when, you know, you're, spoiler alert, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet die and all of that. So that is where it kind of takes this tragic turn. But the comedies and, and the comedy of errors, you know, it kind of turns out like a romantic comedy does where, you know, maybe there's a little bit of tension where they, the city girl has to go back to the city for a little bit and leave the country boy that she fell in love with. And then he all of a sudden shows up at her door and they go by a ranch, you know, or whatever the hell the plot is, right? There is this kind of reunion that generally happens or a happy ending or they live happily ever after, all that stuff. That's generally where a comedy goes and it has a lot of humor on the way, but that's not the purpose of a comedy as far as literature takes it. And 
so Shakespeare's use of comedy, right, like I mentioned, one thing that's interesting is Romeo and Juliet, for instance, starts off looking a lot like a comedy and then takes that tragic turn, whereas Comedy Bears is a comedy all the way through. It kind of has this parent trap sort of plot line where in the first act, basically what happens is these two twins get split up at birth. So the dad has two twins, this dad and this wife have two uh, twins and they each have these slaves who are servants, I guess, rather. And the dad takes one try, one of the twins and the servant and when they get into shipwreck and takes gets a lifeboat and gets away and then the wife takes the other son and the other servant and goes another way and they don't meet up and so eventually one of the sons and his servants seek out the others and what happens is is as he arrives everyone mistakes him because they're twins for the other one and so they're seeing each other around and all these things start happening where you know, they're saying, hey, I told you to do this something, you know, this thing, and why didn't you do it? You know, and they're kicking the servants around, and it's silly and stupid, but I would love to see it actually in a play, because I think it would it would be, it's something that, as far as Shakespeare play, Shakespeare's plays go, there's a lot of wit when they're insulting the servants for not doing what they told them, because they're talking to the wrong one, and neither of them realize it, but there is... A physical element too of like them kicking them and all that and I personally love that kind of stupid humor and I mean Caddyshack you know all those kinds of movies like that I really enjoy I love Will Ferrell movies like slapstick humor is my kind of humor I want I do like other stuff as well I like in stand-up comedians something that's a little bit wittier or more clever sure but when it comes to movies I really like that kind of humor so and it might just be because my dad does too and that's the kind of stuff I grew up on but regardless that's what you find in this is this these all these errors is why it's called that start happening because they're mistaking people for the wrong for other people and in the end everything turns out great and happy I'm not going to spoil exactly what happens but I do think that it's it's just a great light read if you're just looking to get into Shakespeare and you're like, I don't know if I can trudge through the tragedies or the, especially the histories where it's like the Duke of, you know, oh, Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire and all these people and all these different Dukes and you have the French King and then the English King and you can't figure, you know, it's hard to figure out and map some of the royalty and all of all those things. It can be difficult. I, I have trouble and I have to kind of go back and sometimes read some of the plot summaries to refresh what happened in that last scene <laughs> to understand it. But this is just, I think, really easy. It's kind of easy to follow. And if you don't get it, a lot of times you kind of, if you don't understand what's happening, all of a sudden you see the mistake and you're like, oh, that's what was going on. That's why that's funny. And I think it's great. It's a good, light, not as long play to read as well. So if you're looking for something over the weekend to be reading and just sit down and enjoy in a couple hours, this is something that you can knock out fairly quickly, fairly easily, especially for Shakespeare. So definitely check it out. Let me know what you think and enjoy some comedy. Heck, even just watch a funny movie. I don't know. Yeah, enjoy something or another great one that's like this actually is The Importance of Being Earnest is another great one that is similar, not the exact same. There's not the 
there's but there is this mistaken identity and people impersonating another like someone who or saying that they are someone who they aren't lots of good stuff there as well so enjoy comedy bears enjoy your weekend and make sure that you subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the newsletter subscribe on youtube all those places and if you really want to support what i'm doing subscribe on conversationrightgeneration.com slash subscribe for five dollars a month get the perks and the benefits of premium content that's coming down the pike as well as what's already there with the course on the golden mean and my book and the discord community which is popping right now so lots of good stuff lots of good conversations happening there and thank you for listening to this episode of the conversation of our generation let's get the dialogue going i'll talk to you next time